Welcome to the Splinters Podcast from the team on the bench. Community Radio's leading no-holds-barred Friday night sports show. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host, the Raging Bull, Anthony Caruso. And a very good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming live on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available on podcast.com, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and all good podcast sites. And the bad ones. And the bad ones, indeed. (laughs) Just anywhere. We do it all, of course, for the Sydney Bears, the All About Caring Sydney Bears, and the action attraction of the North Shore, Magpies Waitara. This is Anthony the Bull Caruso, and our summer of cricket is ramping up at a rate of knots. Uh, we have come to now to part three of our September preview of the major competitions within Cricket New South Wales, and we come to, in particular, part two of New South Wales Premier Cricket, and we've got two of our regular guests to talk about that. So first off, the Sultan himself, Tony Dyson, good evening to you. Good evening to you, and uh, hello, everyone. Welcome again to Splinters. It's hard to believe we're... So close to the start now of the uh, summer of cricket. As this episode goes to air on uh, Tuesday night, the 24th of September, and then hits the podcast on that night as well. We've already had a couple of games in the Marsh One Day Cup and the WNCL. It's hard to believe that the main first class stuff starting before the grade stuff, but that's just the nature of cricket these days, which means that we're not far away from the start of the Belvedere Cup. It's an exciting time. Absolutely. And, of course, we can't do this, of course, with the wise, without the wise man himself, Matt Mears. Well, hello, Anthony. Hello to all of our listeners. After the great reception that part one got of our New South Wales Premier Cricket preview, I can't wait for this one, some of the big clubs in this one to go through. And we've got another man joining us, Anthony, that's going to be... Um, really excited to go through these ones. Why don't you introduce him? Well, absolutely. He is a one of the big stars now with the Northern District Cricket Club. Nathan Smith, good evening to you. Hey guys. Good to be here. Now, it's a, it's, it's a very exciting time. Northern District's um, gearing up for another another cracking season. And uh, Mark Taylor-Oval looking in beautiful shape for the start of the season. Hopefully the Hornsby Lions haven't chopped the ground up too much. <laughs> No, I think they've, they've been nice to us this year and the last bit of rain, the recent downfall that we've had has spiced it up just a bit, just enough, especially for us bowlers going in around that. Now, uh, with uh, yourself, Nathan, we've discussed on the bench on a number of occasions in recent weeks, you were uh, offered and accepted the captaincy of the first grade side during the winter. Um, it's well documented that you turned down the opportunity to uh, pursue a possible international career with Ireland to give uh, home cricket a real crack. Um, it's an exciting time to come in as as skipper because the ND Rangers are sneaking under the rain, but radar and not a lot of people are tipping them to make any headway as far as making the top six. And that probably suits you guys down to the ground, really. Yeah, absolutely. I've been the underdog in so most Australians, so... Uh, leading into the season, not having all the big wraps on you means there's not a hell of a lot of pressure going into the going into the year. This means we can just focus on ourselves and uh, try and achieve what we we are setting out to achieve, which is the ultimate goal. Now, the main thing is uh, the main recruit for you guys as we get down to the ins and outs of what we've heard. Of course, Scott Rogie, um, big big signing, um, not quite the Messiah to 
uh, get the top order going again, but by G brings a lot of experience and a lot of runs in first grade over a lot of years uh, to Mark Taylor Oval to this squad. Yeah, absolutely. He's a season campaigner and he's uh, just... He's always the game and he's always have to, have to clear in, put a question mark next to you on how he's put a bit of planning into how you're going to get him out. So it's absolutely delighting that he's going to be on our side this time. We don't have to think about him. Uh, hopefully can transfer the runs he scored against us into some good runs for us. Now, Ben Davis and Daniel Anderson are obviously going to uh, appreciate that support uh, alongside the likes of Nick Badings. Um, Clayton Waters, a mainstay of first grade in the past, has opted to take up the fourth grade captaincy, I believe, this season. Nothing wrong with playing fourth grade. Absolutely, no, but he, he, won't be cited in first, he won't be cited in first grade, though. But then you've got the likes of AJ Singh, this outstanding young spinner destined for higher honours. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a really exciting time. We've got a lot of uh, young kids coming through just filling us with confidence. There's a lot of uh, local, local talent that we've had. Um, we've got another kid by the name of Toby Gray who's come in, who's been in the, uh, New South Wales under-17s, all that sort of done. So he's a country kid that's been with us through Green Shield all the way through, and I expect him to take the next step and hopefully do well in first grade if he's if selected, which I'm, I believe he will be. Uh, and then uh, going forward, he's also got exciting times with the Australian under-19s coming up. Um, again, he's selected if he does well this year. So all those players put together, there's a real buzz around the club and uh, a genuine excitement going into the year, which we probably haven't had the last few years. Now it's it's a real um it's been a real strength for Northern Districts over the last couple of years has been that um, juniors development. Of course, this lineup, uh, Tony, you might remember from a couple of years ago, won the second grade premiership in that epic match against Manly Warringah. Yep, up that's at Mark right. Taylor but a lot of those players have moved on for various yeah. reasons um, from that second grade side, let alone the first grade side. So the the future has been invested in the in the kids and that uh, outstanding young Green Shield side that. Went through unbeaten last season, won the Green Shield final uh, brilliantly against uh, uh, Manly in a clash of two unbeaten sides. They defeated the country champions as well, and that's pretty much uh, where the future's been banked on, Nathan, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and we're, we're really proud of that and proud of what we can uh, produce as a club. It shows that our, our pathway systems and our junior systems coming through Green Shield and even the younger than that, under-13s, um, development with Hornsby Curran guy uh, is is obviously working. It's producing really good talent, and even though a lot of the kids aren't staying staying at Northern Districts, like we've just seen Sam Fanning who signed a contract with WA rookie deal, um, so he's a local player. And we're really proud and the way we think we're doing it right and investing in our local talent um, and backing our boys to bring the success that we need at the club. You talk a lot about the local talent there, Nathan. Obviously, you get to see a lot more than more than most do at training. You've said you've given us a couple of names there, but they're probably already on the radar. How about a Smokey? Someone that's probably not under sort of under seventeens, under nineteen radars. Just someone around the club. Probably someone that no one's heard a lot about, but you expecting a big season from. Yeah, there's a boy by the name of uh, Joe Hiley. He's a left-arm off-top spinner. Uh, he played all all year last year in second grade and actually 
the most And he's been highly regarded. I know Joe highly amongst a number of, of youngsters that have come through the grades in recent years. All right. Um, prediction time then for the Rangers. I know I'm not going to ask you, Nathan. I know Nathan will be saying bottom half of the six, I think, <laughs> if not top half uh, of the six. I can give you the tip if you want. <laughs> oh, well, fire away. We, we, we'll uh, back ourselves to win it every day of the week. Well, there you go. Well, there it is. Um, um, there's the challenge that's been thrown down. Uh, look, uh, realistically, um, they uh, Northern Districts were unlucky in a number of games last year. Their batting let them down terribly. Nathan Smith, uh, alongside the, the rest of that attack, really had to carry the can and uh, kept MDs in a lot of the matches. Will Scott Rogie bring the mountain of runs that that top order needs? I want to see it happen first before I jump on board the bandwagon. I think uh, NDs will improve. Whether they can make the six, if they do, it'll be scrambling into that last spot in the six in the last round of the season for mine. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with that. Yeah, I, I need to see as well what Scott Roddy done, but he is, his track record is proven. We've seen what he brings to any side that he's played in um, in this Northern Corridor. I, I, I think we will see that big improvement from the NDs, but as much as Nathan, I'd love to see you at the top. I think, yeah, you will be playing finals, but as I said, there's a, there's a few other teams here we've got a preview as well that will uh, give you a big fight as we go through this Belvedere Cup season. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with that. It's definitely not going to be an easy feat winning it this year. Uh, but our goal going into the season is 100% play finals to start, and then, and then you can look at the next goal on from that. All right, let's go to the first of the clubs that are going to be there, I Ooh. think, when the whips are cracking come uh, March. Uh, that famous win two summers ago, uh, the first win in 50 years, um, didn't quite get that far last season, made the finals, got uh, beaten in week one. Uh, we're talking Parramatta. Um, and uh, perhaps now that the Premiership hangover is well and truly passed, uh, they will be back as a force again. For mine, uh, though, Nathan, the question is, how often will Nick Burtis be in that top order? One of the best batsmen in first grade for the last four or five years. He's finally got a start with New South Wales, or got a start with New South Wales in the first couple of Marsh one-day cup games. He got to one Sheffield Shield match last season and given the uh, amount of cricket ahead of the big guns in that New South Wales top order, maybe, just maybe, he'll get more of a go at New South Wales Shield level, which means that the door opens to attack Parramatta with the ball. Yeah, definitely. I think Nick Burtis is <clears throat> a bit of an extractor for Parramatta when he plays a, a completely, completely different side. Um, and fingers crossed for him, uh, being a good old killboy, uh, that he'll take his chance at shield shield level and one day cricket, this day cricket, and um, start dominating for New South Wales as he's done for uh, Parramatta in a great comp for years now. You look at uh, though uh, guys like Tim Ward, Ben Abbott, the uh, brother of Sean Abbott, 
Scott Copperfield has been a mainstay with the with the Rock for a, a lot of years there. Trent Crittenden, uh, Bretton Cherry, they're, they're more than just Nick Burtis at the top of the order. They've got good backup too. Yeah, absolutely. They're a very good team. Um, as you look throughout, they're all pretty at first grade level, so they'll, they'll definitely be up in the top six, I would imagine. Uh, and if, if they do have that, those extra players, Sean Abbott and Nick Burtis come back, then they're going to they're gonna be fighting for that premiership 100%. Well, that's going to be the thing, isn't it? I think most teams are going to be waiting and trying to play against them when they have the Burtis, the Abbots out of the team, try and strike when they're under strength. But as I said, if these guys can stand up for Parramatta when the big names aren't away, when they get them back for finals time, Parramatta, they're going to be dangerous. There's also a very exciting thing happening with Parramatta at the moment. And of course, the announcement last year that uh, Richie Benno Old Oval was going to be redeveloped into a turf Field and the possibility that they would be moving away from um, old Kings. Jesus, no, take... no, no, it won't be. It won't be old Kings. It'll be either Maryland's Oval oh, yeah. or out at uh, or out uh, at Guildford. We we're talking the number two, number three turf yeah. ground here, of course, here but, for the lower grades. But, but that's, um, that's an that's a development that's exciting for them going forward, which we'll keep abreast on. But uh, I mean, they'll never leave old Kings. Look, I think Parramatta certainly will finish top six. Don't know whether it's going to be top half of the six, one, two, or three. It might be four, five, or six again, but they'll be there and thereabouts, no doubt. All right, let's look at our next club. And in alphabetical order, where else can you go? You go a little bit further west. Two years ago, it was a side that broke a 50-year drought. Well, last summer, it was a side that broke a 30-year drought to win a Belvedere Cup. We speak of the defending premiers. The Penny Panthers, the Penrith Cricket Club, uh, a proud club uh, for a lot of years. You have to go back to when they were Nepean in the throw in the last throws of John Benno's time as a great player to when they last won before last season. A tremendous grand final win over Sydney University in that uh, decider last April. They haven't made too many changes, Nathan. They've got Ryan Gibson at the top of the order who seems to be excellent at grade. Don't know how many more chances he's going to get at the next level up, but we know how talented he is. Tyron Lydiard is a pesky wicketkeeper. They've got Trent Weir, Luke Hodges, Ryan Smith, John D. Bartolo. Virtually um, the same side will turn out again, but going back-to-back -back is a very difficult prospect in this competition. Yeah, absolutely. It's not easy to win it, let alone go back-to-back. -back. So... Um, Paris are definitely a team which, going into the season, you look at, uh, they'll, they'll definitely be strong. And Gibson, as you said, has always fired for them. Uh, whether he kicks on and gets another chance at New South Wales level is uh, another question altogether. But then, as you go down their team, there's there's asterisks next to each name as to... Only, only has to be one or two of them that show up and they can win them the game. So, they're... they're uh, season team, season before season performance, so they'll be very tough. And of course, you've got a very special interest in them because that's who you guys, Northern Districts, have got first up round one at Mark Taylor Oval in a one-day fixture. It's a, it's a straight in uh, to the deep end to start the summer, isn't it? Yeah, there's well, there's no better way to start the season. I see it. Uh, you got to test yourself against the best and see where you're really at. And this will be a really good way to to start the year, and if you can get a win and against the reigning premiers, you know you're on the right track, that's for sure. Well, you send a message out to the rest of the competition that you're here to play and uh, here for keeps, don't you? 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then people will start start noticing all those all those things, and it gets your confidence up as it is if you can knock off a team like that. Um, and it really sometimes brings a, brings a playing group together. We've seen over the last few years the the real development of cricket. Um, Especially in the western areas of uh, of Sydney. Well, they provided the so last two premiers, haven't they? They have, in, they have indeed. But what we've what we've seen is this competition really go from strength to strength as the numbers of people interested in playing New South Wales cricket, from, Premier cricket from the western suburbs regions, has been uh, has been what's powered the competition really to new heights. And it's not a competition that's dominated by the eastern clubs anymore. Well, yeah, it's a, I think it's a great thing. Um, you've seen when I first started great cricket, which was about six years ago, you had me sitting and dominating year in, year out. And it's great to see other clubs coming into it and being able to really give them a run for their money. It creates more interest in the competition and more people want to play it. Therefore, when you're getting success in each area. Well, does it does it go back to the big bash with the, the effort that Sydney Thunder is putting into that region? You see, they've had some success in the big bash league. Penrith have been one of the mainstays in this Kingsgrove T20 competition as well. They're always there or thereabouts in that competition as well. So you see that that, that T20 cricket, it brings in some players that probably wouldn't be attracted to cricket. But now with the success of the BBL, the success of the Thunder out in that Western Sydney, now we're starting to see the players come through on the back of that. Yeah, absolutely. The BBL's done nothing but positive things for cricket in particularly uh, Western Sydney in the, in the Thunder Zone and the catchment area. Um, so it's, it's great by the Australians how much work they're, they're getting the clubs put in and Sydney Thunder's been great for the community. All right. Uh, and it's only going to get better. Penrith, where do they finish? They, I think they'll be there probably top three or four again. I, I yeah, think, I, would tend to, I tend to agree with you there. I think, I think we're unanimous in that fact. I think we'll all, we'll all see them in finals. Yeah, I think they're a real, I personally think they're a real chance to go back to back. It's a big call. It's that, a is a ma- big that, call. that is a massive call. Now let's go to the next club, a club that have, I think they're amongst the longest clubs now between the two of them uh, as standalone and then as the combined club that haven't uh, won a competition. It's been a long time between drinks. For Randwick Petersham, the Randy Peets, and they were near the bottom of the ladder last year. They finished third from last, and that was even with David Warner there for the first half of the season, scoring runs by the bucket low whilst he was doing his time for Sandpaper Gate. Now, the big rumour, Mac Jenkins leaving Randwick Petersham for UTS North Sydney. Now, I know you haven't heard too much about that, Nathan. So, gentlemen, what have you heard? I, I believe it's. I believe it's happened. I believe it has happened. He's, he's now with the Bears. Well, I said, the, the Bears, are, as we said in part one, reeling from the from the crossweights, relocating back down to Melbourne. So they've gone out there into the market, North Sydney, trying to find something to replace the hole that they're going to leave. Is he the right guy? I think we'll have to wait and see. Well, if he's missing, it's going to provide more, put more pressure on the likes of Adam Semple, Anthony Sams, Samal Chipper, who's been there forever and a day, Riley Eyre, uh, to come through with the goods because they won't see a lot of Jason Sanger, they won't see a lot of Daniel Sams, and they may not see a lot of Daniel Bell Drummond if England pick him in their uh, winter touring squads. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Randwick comes through with that. Uh, they struggled last year, which was uh, it must have been a surprise to me because they're full of 
very good players and Simple and Sam's, both Sam's brothers, with Daniel obviously playing a lot for uh, the Thunder. Um, they've got a wealth of experience there, so it was quite a surprise to see them as far down as they were last year. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how they respond this year. It's like they've become, um, the one thing I will note from them is that they've almost become T20 specialists in this, in this competition. Yep. They've got a team that can score runs very quickly in the competition, but it seems like the longer the format gets, the more they actually struggle. Well, they, well, they've got a lot of blokes that can do a bit of this and a bit of that, which is suited to the T20 format. Isn't but it? you saw their results in the in the limited overs competition, though, last year where they finished 16th. So it's not really going the whole way through. You, you'd hope that that T20 form would go into the 50 game as well. So I think that's sort of showing that there's a bit more problems that are underneath the service there at the Randy Peets. But definitely, I think they only finished as high as they did having David Warner around last year. He got them across the line in a few of those games earlier in the year. Once he left to do international T20 duties, they, they really fell down the hill. And, he, and, and they haven't recruited anyone to, to take that and mantle. War, and Warner's not going to be around for a lot of this summer at if grade any. level, if any at all. Look, mate, on paper, they can improve. Whether they will or not from that 18th overall remains to be seen. I don't see them making the six. No, I would agree with you. I think they'll be, I think they will improve. Uh, but I do think they'll be mid-table, uh, just missing out. All right, next club. Um, club close to, to my heart and close to... We've only got an hour podcast here, Tony. All right, settle. <laughs> um, the Red and Whites, the St George Dragons, who have come back to the field. They were one of those city East uh, Coast-based clubs that dominated alongside Sydney Uni for a lot of years, uh, particularly in the early part of this decade. It was St George and Sydney Uni virtually sharing the title. They've come back to the field given that Trent Copeland, Moses Henriques and Curtis Patterson aren't there that often. Josh Hazelwood won't be seen at all given that he'll be uh, a lock down for Australia in all formats of the game this summer. So that puts more pressure back on guys like the youngster Luke Bartier, Peter Francis, Tom Ortiz who had a good summer, first up for the Dragons last season, Eric Den Hartog, uh, Adam Watley, Mitchell Gray, Blake Nicotaris, Jonathan Rose. Look, on paper, they should finish around the edge of the six, but whether they can do that remains to be seen, Nathan. Yeah, I think similar to... Uh, Randwick there, they've got a they've got a list of uh, quite seasoned performers. Like Bartier has scored bucket loads of runs for them uh, in that middle order for the last few years now, and he's, he's a real we we saw a firsthand. He was a class player against us last year, yeah. um, and really took really took the game away from us. Yeah, the big the big move that uh, has been confirmed for for St George is the addition of Joe Graham, the off spinner, coming from Manly. Um, probably one of the more interesting moves, not really one of those guys that's sort of on the cusp of New South Wales selection or putting his but name solid up there. Grade, solid grade, solid spinner. grade spinner, which maybe was the one thing that St George was missing in the mix, guys. I'm not quite sure there. They said they do miss a lot. They, they're certainly a different side when, when the likes of Pattinson, Copeland, Henriks are back in the team, but... Maybe that's something that they've identified is that they need to have that next level, those those solid grade players in there to bolster the side to improve their results. And the spin option in particular, because remember yes. from the Kingsgrove T20 Cup, the one thing they did lack was a quality spin option. And on Hurstville Oval, the spin option works out well from your experiences there, Nathan, because a lot of guys 
Look at the bike track on Hurstville Oval and want to take spinners down Tamman. He got a good off spinner with good control. He can take wickets. Yeah, spins spins a vital part of of playing on those small grounds. You you think it'd be hitting him out of the attack, but it just doesn't work that way. Uh, and I definitely do believe that they've they've recruited strategically. They're going for someone who's who's not looking to uh, go or he's maybe looking to go to the next step, but he's not quite there yet. Uh, and with and then if they get the addition of Pattinson, um with a big question mark, then all of a sudden they go to from a mid-range team probably scraping into the finals to all of a sudden dominating. So if they can manage to get there and get their guns back, then they'll be really dangerous going into, going into April next year. It'll probably depend on Trent Copeland's media commitments as well because he's a top-order batsman at grade level. He bats four and five as well as takes the new ball. They just missed out on the six last year. They got pipped in the last... A uh, couple of games. The Di- Northern Districts actually knocked St George out of the finals in that remarkable match at Hurstville Oval in the second last round uh, that finished their season. Um, and they'll be, I think, around that edge again. Whether the big guns come back or not will depend on whether they scrape into the six or not for mine. I have to agree with you, Tony. It's going to come down to the availability of their big names. The more they see them, the higher they'll finish up the ladder. They see not much of them throughout the year. I think you're going to see him finish probably in that 8-10 to 10 bracket. If they can get some good availability, they'll be pushing for the six. Last side in this first half of uh, this Splinters preview is going to be... Well, I think we're going to do that straight after the break, actually. Oh, well, we've got to yeah, do it to get got... through after the break then because we've got to go through the other sides and talk T20 as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we have reached half time for uh, Splinters here. Of course, we'll be right back after this. You are listening to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H. FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. Of course, we do it all for the Sydney Bears and the action attraction of the North Shore. Magpies Waitara will be right back after this. The 2019 Australian Ice Hockey League season has concluded with your All About Caring Sydney Bears winning it all. That doesn't mean it's all over for the year on the hockey front. Log on to bearsshop.com.au for all your Bears merchandise options. And stay tuned to Splinters and the Bench for updates coming out of the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League and the world's top competition, the National Hockey League. Sydney Bears, hear us roar. Sponsors of Triple H. Welcome back to Splinters, the bench podcast here on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming live on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available on podcast.com, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and all good podcast sites, and a couple of bad ones there as well. Bad group ones, yes. Yeah, couple. couple all, all the bad ones, all the just bad anywhere. Ones. anywhere. So, of course, we do it for the All About Caring Sydney Bears. We should mention as well the, the Premiers. Yes, the Australian Ice Hockey League champions, champions. and Magpies by Tara, the action attractions of the North Shore. Time to get uh, back into it then. Um, we've got Nathan Smith, the Northern District's captain, with us. And uh, I jumped the gun before the break, but... We won't jump the gun now because we go to our next team as we work our way through the alphabet and we don't go too far from uh, the red and white country of St George. We go to the other side of the Tom Ugly's Bridge, down a little bit further to the south and uh, the reigning T20 Cup champions as well as finalists in the uh, first grade competition on a dramatic last day last summer, the Sutherland District Sharks. Now, uh, on paper... 
with Aidan Barriol, Austin War, son of uh, Stephen Roger War, the Browns, Jamie and Jaden, Jared Biviano, Chris Williams, Tom Doyle. Um, they've Fallon's got the league spinner. Absolutely. Dan Fallon's um, probably the best, one of the best spinners, if not the best spinner in the competition last summer. Um, Dan Rickson. And that's before you throw in uh, the uh, extras that uh, uh, will appear from time to time for Sutherland, like Ben Dwashus, like Shane Watson, if he prepares for another summer of T20 cricket. One thing, though, Nathan, is that you can bet your bottom dollar that a certain Stephen Smith, who uh, played a lot of cricket for Sutherland whilst he was doing his penance for Sandpaper Gate last season, won't be doing a lot of time playing for Sutherland this summer as... Uh, the lock in nearly all three forms of the game for Australia. Yeah, I can't imagine he'll be stepping off the off the angle and going straight to the ground angle. So uh, that's my that's my insurance for But as you said, they, they, the list goes on with Sutherland in terms of their their talent and their depth in their team, and they were very good last very very good last year, particularly in the short format. And uh, you never know; they might go a step further. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, no Steve Smith, Ben Dorchus. We'll see how much he gets picked for New South Wales. Shane Watson not confirmed not playing for the Thunder this year, so we may not see him at all, at all, because he was using Sutherland as a warm up for the Big Bash. So that's a bit of experience to be missed. The difference that I see though for the Randy Peets, I think Sutherland learned a lot from having Steve Smith around. I don't think it was the same case for the Randy Peets. I do, they, with, Dave with Dave Warner. They didn't get a lot off the field out of Dave Warner. I think they did at Sutherland out of Steve Smith. It'll be interesting to see how much that has rubbed off on them, how much steel has given that side, how much confidence he's put into that side. Because, as I said, a lot of that young talent, the, the Aiden Barriels, Austin Wards, um, the Pimpsons, the Browns, Browns, yes, a lot of the good young talent that's probably on the cusp of those higher honours but not quite there yet. The, the confidence that Steve Smith can instill in you, if that can continue this season, they're going to be there or thereabouts. Dan Fallon's, I think, is an interesting case, though, Nathan, because if he continues to take wickets at grade level, he's got to get a shield call up at some stage during the summer. You would imagine so, wouldn't you? He, he's taken 40-plus wickets every year, for as long as I can remember. He gives the ball a big rip. He's a genuine caller. Uh, can change the game on a pet. So I, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't get a, get a crack at shield level, if not immediately, then early on in the season. They just scraped into the sixth Sutherland last summer, um, courtesy of a couple of results that went their way on the in the last couple of rounds, none the least of which was Northern District t- uh, tipping out St George in the second last round. They got in on net run rate quotient and then went no further in the main competition. But, of course, they are the defending... Kingsgrove Sports Centre T20 Cup champions. They didn't go too far in the inaugural National Premier T20 competition in Adelaide last summer, but I think with the side they've got, they'll be there and thereabouts in both of the both the, the white ball and the red ball formats again. I see them maybe finishing five or six in uh, the main competition and a minimum semi-finals of the uh, Sydney Sixers conference in the uh, T20 Cup. I think we definitely see them in that high up in the Kingsgrove Cup again. The Belvedere Cup is going to be interesting. It's going to come down to that player availability. It's going to come down to how much of that Steve Smith factor um, 
comes across from last season into this season. Like you said, Tony, I can see him finishing fifth or sixth. I can finish see him finishing seventh or eighth as well. They'll be on the cusp as well. All right, let's go to the next club to look at and another side that were there and thereabouts last season in all three competitions. The Sydney Tigers, the old Balmain out of Dremoyne Oval. They were finalists in all three competitions. They finished fourth and about out in the semi-final stage in the main Belvedere Cup. They won the one-day final in a thrilling contest over Sydney University. And then in the T20 Cup, that semi-final uh, loss to Sutherland at Dremoyne Oval was uh, a match to remember. And we saw Zach Crawley score the only 100 uh, in T20 competition last summer in the Kingsgrove Sports Centre T20 Cup. It's no coincidence that he's now very much front and centre for England honours this coming summer for England's tours to New Zealand. And then I believe the uh, uh, India after that. So uh, the Tigers may not see a lot of Zach Crawley this summer. Well, that's the that, what he did in that game is probably the ultimate grade cricket scenario. He <laughs> scored 100 in a losing team, especially in a T20 format. You don't get much more grade, um, grade cricket level than having that situation. Absolutely. And he showed why he's thought of so highly. So you may not see a lot of him. But look... They've got the money man, Nick Bills, with the new ball. He'll just come pounding in again from that Gladesville uh, bridge end. Uh, Ryan Filch, who's a quality uh, grade, solid grade cricketer, as is Anthony Motzko. Ben Menenti finally got a run in the Big Bash last summer after toiling away for what seemed to be forever. Uh, Steve Eskenazi and Liam Scott. And then you've got old man River Dan Smith, who pops up from time to time. And he hung around after the T20 Cup to be a big part of their semi-final campaign, as well as that remarkable one-day cup final win over Sydney University. So um, you add it all up and you've got to say, Nathan, that the Tigers look to be locks to be finalists or semi-finalists in all three competitions again. Yeah, I'd, I'd be very surprised if anything else happened other than that. Uh, they're an incredibly strong club from, from top to bottom and just the consistency across all three formats is something to to aspire to, really. Um, uh, they'll be very strong, like, without doubt. They're all their players that you just mentioned, uh, Bo McClintock, to a huge six to, to win the game, I think it was, in that one-day one final. cup final, yep. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliantly yeah. quick between the wickets yeah. as well. Yeah, so that's just another player that you can list off that has those match-winning capabilities um, on top of those other ones, so... They'll, they'll be strong and they'll be they'll be very very much a team to watch. And they've got depth too because they're second grader perennial finalists and winners, and so are their thirds and fourths. But that's what they do. They sign those grade those just solid grade players. We've talked about it, like with Joe Graham with St George being signed across as a a grade cricketer, as as someone that probably won't be pushing for higher honours, but will do a very solid job. That's that's the Sydney side down to a T. They 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 play together consistently week in week out they know what to expect from each other they don't have the disruptions of the guys coming in and out for higher honors and they're proud of that exactly and that's what they build their that's what they build their team around that's what they build their club around and as i said we we always see that a, a champion team beats a team of champions yep. so it's going to be an interesting one there for for sydney to see how they can live up to that favorite tag but 
I think they do it every year. We'll see him up the top at the pointy end again this season. Speaking of, speaking of which, the next club is a club that a lot of people love to hate, but everyone respects very, very deeply. Um, the side that made all three grand finals last year, won the club championship by a record margin, won three minor premierships in the first three grades, but when it came to the pointy end, they lost grand finals in the Belvedere Cup, the One Day Cup and the T20 Cup in first grade and I think only came up with a second grade uh, premiership to boot. So if any side needs any motivation to go forward this season, it is Sydney University. There's no doubt about that, Nathan. And they are probably the benchmark and the yardstick again this summer. Yeah, I think you're right on the on the fact that the benchmark that the consistency throughout the years has just been incredible and a club that, as you said, everyone hates but respects without a doubt. Uh, they'll be they'll 100 percent be there uh, at the end of the, at the end of the year, I'd say, and it'll take something pretty special to be able to knock them off. Well, last year um, Penrith found something in the first grade grand final. Sydney Tigers found something in the one day cup grand final and Sutherland found something in the T20 cup grand final. Well, that was SD. That might have been SD Smith, but the rest of Sutherland did find something. So they are beatable when they get there. My question, Mark, is how much will losing all three grand finals, Matt Mears, be a motivation or an albatross around their neck? Because you can bet your life if they get mm. close, whoever they uh, play in any grand final will be very quick on the field to remind them with a bit of lip about what happened 12 months previously. Well, that's when you've got to be just as quick to give it back. But it's it's interesting when you're in that position that Sydney University in there, the team that everybody else in the competition loves to hate. Some teams, they can they can take it as a negative. Some teams, and I'm sure that Sydney Uni oh, take it love as a positive. It. They, love the, they love the hate. It steals them as a side. That's what propels them forward. They'll be hurting that they didn't convert those positions into into uh, premierships last year. They'll definitely want redemption. They'll be hurting a lot. And you look at some of the names that they've got the there. Well, they said, you got Nick Larkin. We might not see a lot of due to New South Wales competition. Damien Mortimer is a oh, lock at number three as one of the best batsmen in the competition. You've got Tim Lay. You've got... Tim Cummins as keeper. Dougald yeah. Holloway. Ben Trevor-Jones. Liam Robertson, Devlin Malone, who uh, matches Dan Fallon's for wickets mm. in the spin department, and then Ben Joy, Larkin may be seen from time to time, and then the possibility again of Ed Cowan coming back to play white ball cricket. Well, that's just it's just a big in, isn't it? Someone with his experience, he's played test cricket, he is on the board now for Cricket New South Wales, so it'll be interesting to see Whether if, he he juggle, mm. if he can juggle... All those responsibilities, but if you can get someone like that, and we left out Hayden Kerr in that mix too. Well, just they said, well, that's just the talent. Joe Kershaw. That's the talent that they can bring out for that that makes Sydney Uni. That's what makes them so hateable. Is that you, you take one guy out and we forget another. So and it's and it's a genuine um, New South Wales Premier cricket lineup. When you watch them play, there's from the bowling side at least, there's no spectacularly quick bowler. No one who there's no one fifty the kilometer per no, hour guy. There's no one fifty um, kilometer per hour guy. There's no one who can swing the ball prodigiously. What you've got is a bowling attack that's just at you all the time. That hits the top of off stump. Yeah, ball after ball after ball. Nathan, what's it like to take on Sydney Uni? You know what you you expect when you play them, don't you? 
yeah, you know what you're going to get. You're, you're going to get a, a good fight, and it's going to be a challenge right away through. But look, if you're not up for playing against a team like that, then you probably shouldn't be playing cricket. Uh, it's it's always exciting. I know I always thrive, in, and I get excited coming up against a team like that. So, uh, yeah, it's. It, they're the benchmark, and that's what you want to aspire to be. Not to mention their supporters that, yeah, you know, you know. That's the one thing about you, you can always get the involved. I'll tell you what, it gets under the skin of every other set of supporters in the competition, but that's what spurs those old boys on to a you know chant even more, doesn't it? It, it must give you the you know what's out in the middle when you hear them booming out from one side of the field to the other, Nathan. All right, prediction, pretty simple. Look, for mine, they're favourites to win and uh, make up for what happened last year or last summer in at least one, if not two, if not all three competitions. They're too good a side. Yeah, they're, they're, definitely, they're definitely playing finals again, top two at least in every competition. All right, across the way, the other university that has been forgotten and has had to live in the shadow for so long of Sydney Uni. They'll never be forgotten. Oh, look. We love our bumblebees. We love the bumblebees. We love University of New South Wales, but on performances, okay, they haven't been playing at their beloved Village Green for a lot of years. They've got that ground back now. Um, they've had they've been nomadic for a while, but uh, they're back on the Village Green where they will lift. Um, David Dawson, though, has carried this Bumblebee side for so long. How long can he keep on doing it, uh, frankly, Nathan? Yeah, the longevity has is just it's something special. Um, he's, he's definitely the one name that stands out on their list uh, each year, and you, and you always have to be careful of him. Uh, but, and again, it's a lot of question marks around what the rest of their team are going to produce. Well, um, an interesting... Uh, player, if he can play for them for long enough, is Matt Gilks, very highly regarded as a keeper batsman. He's been, uh, he, he played or was selected in that New South Wales squad for the first couple of March one-day cup games. We saw what he did with the Thunder last year when, when oh, yeah. he called into deputise. Absolutely. How much cricket will he play for the Bumblebees? And then you go back to Marcus Atala, who's been there for a long time, Harry Brook, Joe Burns, Josh Bennett, uh, Sudangan uh, Tanabalasingham, Hayden McLean, uh, and Will Walter. But it comes back to Dawson and Gilks's runs for mine at the top of the order. They were out of the finals in all three competitions last summer. Oh, no, the limited overs. Oh, oh, sorry, oh, sorry, this, sorry they, they they finished sixth in the in the limited overs competition. They got bundled out, bundled out correctly in the quarterfinals uh, first up. So, um, But they finished down the course in the other competitions particularly in first grade where they finish closer to bottom than top. Can they improve and get closer to the six? I'm not so sure. I yeah, think it's an interesting one, that one. Um, I think I haven't heard a lot about uh, UNSW, so it'll be interesting to see what they have to produce in the early rounds of the year, see if they can really give it a good shape. They are um, traditionally a shorter form team, 
remember in a couple of years, in yeah. recent years. We remember a couple of years ago before they had their points deducted for fielding illegal players. Yes. They were actually leading yes. the Sydney Sixers Conference That's in right. the Kingsgrove T20 yep. Cup. Mm. They do have some strength in the um, in the shorter forms, but they just don't have the stickability in the Belvedere Cup competition. Not in, not in red ball cricket, and that's going to be uh, a problem for them. Exactly right. And as I said, they, they need some injection of something. Gilks was that injection, but he's already looking at higher honours now. So without that depth there, they're going to be yeah, struggling down the bottom of the ladder again. The 20th and last club in alphabetical order that we will look at for this summer is Western Suburbs. The Magpies out of Pratton Park who uh, didn't make finals in any of the competitions last season and another side that finished closer to the bottom than top. Of course, the club that gave us Michael Clark um, when he was in his prime. Don't know how, how long it's been since Mitchell Stark has played for them, but that's his club when he does. But it comes back to the likes of Captain Cook, not Sir Alistair, but Jonathan Cook, who's been one of the shrewdest and canniest and toughest skippers in the competition for the last couple of years. He finally got his well-deserved run with the Sydney Thunder in the Big Bash. Certainly didn't look out of place there. And he's got the likes of James Sarakis, Sam McMahon, Mike Tudorhope, Isaac Taylor, Quincy Titterton, Adrian Isherwood, Jason Hughes, who got himself into trouble on a couple of occasions last summer, the brother of the late uh, Philip Hughes, of course, uh, along the way. Don't know about Western Suburbs making the six. Hopefully they can improve from their 16th of last season. But it might be another one of those uh, years where they are spoilers, Nathan, for sides expecting an easy six points off them. Yeah, I think you're right on that one. Um, they haven't uh, recruited heavily as, as to what we can see. And we won't know that until until the season really starts. Uh, Jonathan Cook's always, a, always one to watch. Uh, his pure control with the ball and just the way he goes about his business uh, can get can spur their team along and can get them over the line. Uh, but if you get on top of that, then I'd, I'd be expecting them to finish around the same spot. Yeah, I would have to agree with you, and Nathan. They are looking at that sort of bottom quarter again. They are Captain Cook's merry bunch of men there. Oh, yeah. He does lead them superbly, but... With now even further, you saw what he brought to that Thunder side. He does that plus and in spades for that Western Suburbs side. With that, with him going to be missing through that vital middle part of the period when he's going to be on Thunder duty, it's someone has to step up and replace it. You look through those names. Isherwood possibly. Yeah, but that's a possibility. There's no one there. Like we've gone through the other sides and you can rattle off name after name after name that makes them a solid side. Here, yes, there's some good players, but... They don't have that steel. They don't have that grade, first grade look to them. So without Captain Cook there, without Jonathan Cook for probably half the season, it's going to be a detriment to them. And yeah, they, they're going to be looking at that bottom four places of the Belvedere Cup, unfortunately. All right, then let's uh, get the neck out there and come up with a top six. Oh. I'll, I'll, I'll stick my neck out right now. And here's my top six. It'll be Sydney Uni to probably finish on top. Uh, Sydney Tigers, I think, will challenge second. Penrith third. Parramatta fourth. I think they're your locks for your top six. And then after that, you've got a cluster in the middle. And that cluster will be made up of Sutherland, 
um, eastern suburbs, probably Bankstown, probably Gordon if Charlie Stobo is lo around long enough to take wickets, and probably Northern District, um, and maybe Campbelltown in that middle cluster. And then after that, then you've got the Randy Peets, Mossmans, Blacktowns, Manleys, Fairfields, Hawkesbury's, and Uni of New South Wales. But I think you're certainly Sydney Uni, Sydney Tigers, uh, Penrith, Parramatta, they're your top four. And then after that, oh, geez, if you have to hold a gun to my head, and I'm sure this is going to come back and bite me on the backside later well, in the season. We've got the recording here, we'll make sure. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. Look, last two spots in the six, after those top four, okay, Bankstown and Eastern Suburbs. Oh, well, that's a, that's a big call there, Tony, obviously, with Eastern with, Suburbs. They always, we, we, we talked about in episode one, they always, yeah. they're thereabouts. It'll, they'll come back to their availability as well. That's, that's what it comes down to with a lot of these sides that are in the cusp of that sixth position. We know what we're going to get from Penrith. We know what we're going to get from Parramatta. We know what we're going to get from Sydney. We know what we're going to get from Sydney Uni. They're the teams we've talked about on this episode where they have just that first grade lineup where you look through it, 1 to 11, they're solid first-grade cricketers that play together week in, week out. They know how each other plays. They have that winning formula. All right. Those next side, sides that you go into, that we had a look into, they're, they're not proven. They, they, they don't, you don't know who's going to be taking the field week on week. It's going to be interesting to see how they can perform when they have their big names and when they don't have okay, their big Okay, well, names. who's your top six then, Matt Mears? Well, okay, well, as I said, I'll, I'll, I'll stick my neck out and you're going to say those top four teams as well. Parramatta... Sydney, Sydney Uni, and Penrith. We know what we're going to get from them. They'll be up the top of the. They'll be up the top there. As for that next, that next cusp, that five, six, seven, and eight, you're probably looking at, at, at a St George if they can get some of their big names on the park. I, I'm going to tip Sutherland up in that in that lot of four as well. I think with the the confidence and the coming through of those bigger those um, younger. Players, the Wars, the Fallons, etc., Barrios, they're going to do some damage in that competition. I think Gordon will be up there as well, and I think NDs will be on the cusp again. All right, Anthony Caruso. I think you're, I think we're pretty. You'll be agreed on the top four as well, but you may have a differing opinion on five and six. I, I'm actually in agreement with Matt Mees in terms of Sullen. I think they are Sullen are almost certainty for for fifth place, but it'll be fifth place. Yeah, it they're not going to make the place. top four. They won't make that top four. It is that Steve Smith factor. Yeah. The the battle for sixth place is up in the air at the moment. And I think it's going to be between Northern Districts, St. George, and Bankstown to make it. Mm. I think the team that's going to drop and drop hard from the team that made the top six will be North Sydney. Oh, in fact, I think North Sydney will be lucky to finish 10th this year. Well, we, we talked about that in, in part one where... You the, can't, the, what what, what mm, the crossweights brought on and off the field, if they can't replicate what they brought off the field with a steel uh, training that that people inside North Sydney have told me about, that, that was just a different club when they were around. I'm it won't be the same. And I'm sure that the Bears are listening to this podcast and using <laughs> it as motivation. But, I hope they are. I but, hope they're all using it as motivation. But Tom Jaggett is going to be so relied upon to score the runs in the absence of the crossbow. And I will say, and I will say as well, Western Suburbs to take the wooden spoon. Oh, well, uh, uh, okay, well. 
Good luck going to Send all your hate tweets to Anthony Caruso if you're from yeah, West. Exactly. I've, just got, I've just got a thing with Mag- against Magpies in general. Enough. Let's face it. Now, Nathan, <laughs> Nathan Smith, I know you've already got your ND Rangers in the six. Um, who else do you think are going to be there and thereabouts? I mean, the big four we know about. What about the middle cluster that we mentioned? Yeah, I definitely agree with you on the, on the big four you mentioned with Balmain. I think Balmain will finish top. Uh, oh, traditionalist, I love it. Balmain, yes, I love it. You love Balmain? Keep saying it. Yeah, yeah so for our editor. Timmy Uni, and then you got your two Western Suburbs uh, teams in Penrith and Parramatta. And then I'll back end in, 100%. And then I also think Gordon will be uh, right up there, especially with Charlie Stogo taking back loads of wickets this year. Yeah. See, um, I went Bankstown and Eastern Suburbs on the basis that Stobo's surely got to play a lot more first-class cricket. And I think in Sutherland's case, the Steve Smith factor, they'll miss him more than even they let on going forward. And that, that leaves you Bankstown. McAndrew, I notice, also got a run in those first couple of one-day Marsh Cup games. He's a key for them. And Eastern Suburbs, um, in that middle of the season, that middle cluster, during the big bash, Peter Neville will come to the fore there and his experience will... Get East's close to that six. It's going to be a, a remarkable season starting this weekend, the weekend of September 28th and 29th, with all the games in first grade on Saturday, September the 28th. Now, before we go, gentlemen, um, the other f- factor we need to consider, um, apart from the one-day cup, which is going to run concurrently, points in the one-day games will qualify for the one-day cup finals in February and March at the 50-over level, the Kingsgrove Sports Centre T20 Cup. Change in format this year before uh, non-Sydney grade sides have been uh, um, dropped back to the country big bash. So no ACT, no Newcastle, no Central Coast, no Illawarra, but more games for the 20 Sydney first grade clubs, six regular round matches or six regular Sundays, uh, a 100% increase on the three regular Sundays, but there'll be more single games with Poitiv and Grey matches as curtain raises, and sadly, no finals day at the SCG. No, I think enough of that, but seriously, I think it's a retrograde step because a lot of these blokes who will never get the opportunity to play on the SCG have that door now finally closed on them. Yes, okay, we'll go to probably North Sydney Oval or Hurstville Oval for the grand final as a standalone match on Sunday, January 12th. But there was something about finals day Nathan, particularly that year when NDs did win it at the SCG back three summers ago, was a, a remarkable day, a remarkable night. Yeah, it's, it's a bit disappointing as a player, knowing that going into the year that that isn't... It was just a bit of extra motivation to get yourself to finals day. Uh, and that would have been especially the way just to go on the SCG and be able to play out there, um, whereas most people will never get that opportunity now, uh, which, is, which is a great shame. Indeed, but we've got home finals in the conference finals to make up for that and then just a neutral event and that's on what used to be finals day which will be late December, last Sunday before Christmas and then Sunday January 12 is the standalone grand final at a neutral venue to be confirmed. We mentioned Hurstville and North Sydney are being considered. I'm hearing whispers about Blacktown International Sports Park. Let's please not go no. there. Please, let's not go there. It's great facilities, 
but the wicket, you may as well get uh, 15 blokes to stand to one side of the wicket and take a dump and roll that in and you'll probably get more bounce out of that. Let me tell you, that'll get me into all sorts of trouble now. That'll get us into all sorts of trouble now, let me tell you. But I'm afraid that's the Blacktown International Sports Centre pitch at the moment. Not fit for first-class cricket. So let's go, hopefully, North Sydney or Hurstville for those finals. All uh, six Sundays, or most of them, including uh, the semi-finals, the conference finals, and the grand final on January 12th, all right here on Triple H. And I can't wait to get stuck in. And the first match will be Sunday, October 13, Nathan, when we see your Nathan District Rangers take on Parramatta. Yeah, what a way to start off. I mean... Um, they, they gave us a, they taught us how to play 2020 cricket last year, so um, it'll be incredibly, incredibly tough to go and take out uh, their, their team straight off the bat. All right, um, that's October 13, and we'll let you know all about that on the Bench Facebook page and the Triple H Twitter handle, which is League in the Winter, we turn into the Cricket in the Summer. Um, we'll keep you updated with all the games that we're doing. But I think that's just about it. We've reached the end of our preview and I'm going to have people chasing me from Blacktown about the quality of the pitch at Blacktown International Sports Park for the rest of the season. Uncle, Uncle Roy is already knocking at the door, mate, looking for you. Well, I, I think uh, our good friend Marty Edgel, uh, one of the best umpires you'll ever see, has uh, said, uh, gentlemen, that is time. So uh, Over and time. Over mm-hmm. and time indeed. Um, we hope to see him on the field again sometime soon, Marty. So, Let's hope we do. Indeed. Um, we want to thank our special guest, Nathan Smith, for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure and uh, best of luck for the season ahead. Sorry, guys, thanks for having me. And that is uh, that is time here. I want to thank our uh, our regular panelists here, Matt Mears. Thanks, mate. Always good to talk cricket. Let's bring on summer because there'll be plenty more to talk Tony about. Tony Dyson. Can't wait for October 13, our first live call from Mark Tyler Oval. On behalf of everyone here, this is Anthony Caruso. Thank you for joining us here on Splinters, and we wish you all a very good night. Thanks.